0: Accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the coverage of Deep Space Nine. This is Second Sight, the ninth episode of the second season of uh, Star Trek DS9. It aired on the November 21st, 1993. Teleplay goes to Mark Garrod O'Connell and Iris Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Story credit goes to Mark Garrod O'Connell, directed by Alexander Singer. In this one, Cisco falls in love with a woman visiting the station, but she is not what she appears to be. Clay, we're back. Back after uh, Necessary Evil. Things were looking up, and then we come to Second Sight. So we'll, we'll be back to the, uh, the old standard Star Trek up and down, I think, for a little bit.
0: But how are you? I'm good. This was definitely the worst um, Starfleet member falls in love with a ghost episode I've seen.
1: Okay,
0: out of the two, out of the two that I've seen, this is the worst one.
1: <laughs> this one doesn't go with the super campy uh, stuff, and I guess we'll have to break down whether or not she's a truly also, a ghost.
0: It took like 18 people to write this episode. Yeah, it's always a, um, it's
1: always the sign. That's all. Whenever you see that, it's always a freelancer gives in a script and it gets rewritten. Heavily, uh, that's always what that means. But we'll, oh, I see. We'll talk about that when it comes uh, comes around. We're going to play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back, and we're going to break down second sight. What do you think? It's wonderful. I'm glad you like it. You must come here all the time. Not really, but when I do, a ship is usually blocking the view. We should have brought a picnic basket. Here. What better place?
0: Well, I guess there is tomorrow.
1: Is that
0: an invitation? Sounded like one to me.
1: Alright Clay, so I'll give you the, the, the sort of general background of this one. Uh, the Mark Garrett O'Connell originally pitched this episode to be a Bashir-focused episode where he meets a mysterious woman who keeps disappearing and he goes around to all of his colleagues and trying to figure out who she is and he discovers that no one on the station has ever seen her except for himself. And so he has to unravel this mystery about what's going on because his crewmates all think that he's imagining everything and going crazy. Mm-hmm. They changed it to a Cisco story because Michael Piller thought that Cisco was becoming too aloof and he wanted to find a way to sort of humanize him and expose him uh, how he would deal with a romantic relationship and everything. So. That's it. They took a writer's original story. They changed it around. They mixed up some things. And I think the end result, whenever they tend to do that, is a weak episode overall, which is what I think Second Sight actually is. It's Second Sight is is really pretty boring um, in a lot of ways. And I think that it's it is it's not impossibly flawed, but it's an episode that's really like the pieces don't come together in any way shape yeah. or form and I, I feel like if they had focused on any one aspect of this story it would have been a lot better than what we ended up getting
0: yeah this one uh, is a really good one if you need to put something on to fall asleep to because I'll be honest with you I had to watch the second half of this at least twice because I once they get to uh, once they start talking on the ship at the end there I was I was out <laughs>
1: <laughs> the white noise of the engine. It's engines. like
0: it's it's the perfect it's the perfect distillation of the kind of DS nine episode that I don't like, which is like the uh, the ambient noise is very prevalent, and then people are just kind of speaking softly on top of it, and yep. it's just those two things. Are out, he's out. Out.
1: I, I mean, I, I think that it's a. Um...
0: Also, the store is not very good.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that this it reminds me very strongly of DS9 season one, and it reminds me of a bad TNG episode in a lot of ways. I, I think that it's a, they always make a mistake when they try to do the character stuff and put this sci-fi thing in the background. And I, I think the episode would have been a lot, I think the episode would have been a lot better as a Bashir episode. And I think that they should have
0: probably stuck with it as more of a mystery thing Mm. them trying i don't know it's the mystery is pretty boring i mean (laughs) it is
1: it is but i think that the i wonder if the mystery is watered down because they have to spend so much time with cisco trying to develop this relationship for cisco that doesn't amount to anything you know what i mean if like yeah if, if you opened it where Bashir had known this woman off-screen and we didn't have to go through the meeting aspect of it. I think you could speed up the mystery and make it a little bit more it wouldn't be groundbreaking or anything like that, but I think it would be more interesting than what we get, which is an examination of Cisco's love life which then breaks into a very bad sci-fi B-plot where I don't care what is going on in in regards to like how many women are there and whether or not this means anything. Um but I guess we'll st- let's focus on it in the two halves. We'll focus on the first half, which is basically getting to know Cisco, and the second half, which is the mystery. Um, the Irish Stephen Bear said that they wanted, to- or Michael Pillow said that they wanted to keep Cisco from being
0: too aloof. I think Cisco is actually better as an aloof character. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, this, I did notice that this was the first one I've seen in a while where he plays a fairly prominent role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would agree that he's better kind of on the fringe.
1: And I, I, I put that down basically to uh, Avery Brooks is more limited as an actor. I, I don't think he's a bad actor, but I think he's more mm. limited than uh, Patrick Stewart would be. And so when you do things like this, Cisco has a couple of modes of interaction that I find a little bit awkward or off-putting. It, every time he talks to Jake, I find it's a little bit weird. And every time he has a real romantic relationship, it comes across weird too, because he, for the rest of the time, he comes across as very detached and sort of um, unemotional in a lot of ways. And when he has these, when Avery Brooks gets to play against these like relationships that he's supposed to be invested in, it feels like it's too different from the character that we've known previously. And it, it doesn't really work for me. And I think that his, his acting in those situations never feels authentic to me, and I don't believe yeah. him. Um, so I pref- he, has
0: a little, he has a little
1: bit of Tom Cruise going on there. Do you think so? You, think, you want to explain that for people who don't listen to uh,
0: Real Ripe? Just that there are certain emotions that it doesn't seem like he is totally convincing at getting across, so he just kind of goes over the top with them a little bit. Yeah, and uh, that's that. Yeah, I, I I felt the same way in this one. There's a lot of stuff that he does really well, but then there's stuff where he just gets like his enunciation gets really sharp. Yeah, and yeah. like he starts laughing a lot and getting like overly kind of theater actor.y And yeah, that's he, when it comes he laughs off at stuff that is,
1: isn't funny for some reason. Like the I, yeah. I don't know if it's written as a joke, but he he laughs at stuff that's not very funny, and I don't know why it is. And I think that he 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 is. That is kind of a problem with him. I don't I don't think they've really narrowed down what he can do as an actor or what he can do as an actor for this character. And, you know, I just, I, it ties into a problem that we've always had. They start this episode off by saying it's the four-year anniversary of his wife's death. Mm-hmm. And then they go into, the 45-minute episode is not good for developing a relationship that I find is believable. Um, or
0: even, like, hardly even related to that set up. Like why even bring that up? Right. Yeah. You I, know, that I th- actually thought that first scene was wasn't bad with him and his son. Uh, you know, cuz I that that's the first time that I've seen them really touch on on the death of his wife since the beginning of the show. And so I was kind of I was kind of looking forward to them examining his you know, emotional state regarding that and but then it was just like, you know, it's been 4 years since your mother died. But this girl's got nice boobs, so I, 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 like, this, I like this girl now. You know, it's it just, it, I don't know. All the pieces of this episode did not click together at all for me. Yeah,
1: I, I, I agree. I think that the, well, I mean, that goes into my problem of it's too many things in one episode. If they, if they were focusing on it as a Cisco piece, you could get more into that, what the anniversary of his wife's death means and all that stuff and him approaching a new relationship and everything like you would have time to spend on that and maybe have a little conflict with jake about it um they don't do that because they have to fit the second half has to be this sci-fi plot that is not very Mm -hmm. good and so i think that the it's frustrating for me because i prefer cisco as the aloof sort of in the background commander uh person and they haven't really they haven't got the sense of the character yet uh, as to where he's going to be when he has to hold an episode. Yeah. I I
0: don't think there's anything wrong with him being aloof either. I mean, there's, there's no reason why he can't be. I mean, it's not everybody has to be chummy, you know? Right.
1: And I, I think that him being aloof is a better fit for if they want to continue this emissary story. You know what I mean? Like if he, Mm. if he is a reticent participant in the emissary thing, it's, it's better to write that as the character's unwilling to sort of be that sort of gregarious um, sort of prophet figure to the, to these mm-hmm. people. And if he's a more gregarious sort of out there character, it him finding discomfort with that role would be a little bit more difficult, uh, difficult to sell, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So it kicks off from the Cisco thing goes into the sci-fi plot, which is how we'll... Uh bridge the gap
0: here, and I'll bridge it by- i would sorry, I just want to say I would like to say that the big outlier for uh the quality of this episode for me was when uh he goes to O'Brien, no, sorry, odo, to try and find her, yep, and he's like, all right, well, what is how, give me something to go on, and he just describes her skin color and the shirt she was wearing. And not like the fact that she had weird, very unique ears, <laughs> and is clearly some sort of different different species that would yeah. probably be easy to track. He doesn't. But, he, well, right, he doesn't well. know
1: the species. I, I I always think of that as um, it'd be like the, the white man's guilt or something. Like if someone robs you and you're trying to describe them and
0: you don't you <laughs> don't want to say that they're they're what's. That? I was thinking that. I was thinking that that uh, maybe that's why he did that. But I mean, come on, it's <laughs> it's. it's <laughs> Especially if it's not one that you know. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah. If, when when aliens are involved, I feel like that stuff, you know, why not?
1: I, I feel, yeah, I feel the same. It should be, he should have, I, he does say he doesn't know her species. What I thought was interesting about that scene is the fact of um, how quickly Odo is willing to do that. And it seems like he should have maybe a little bit of an uh, ethical conundrum there about whether or not he should be searching for people. Although, um, it, it's it, yeah, it's it's funny that, Cisco goes to him with a personal problem, and Odo is very quick and willing to sort of track down people, which I think ties in nicely to Odo's willingness to uh, just sort of get results as opposed to anything else. Yeah. The um, when she, we meet the I I don't even remember the 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 woman's husband we meet, and that'll be the segue into uh, the sci-fi aspect of this. I don't understand what they were trying to do with this with this character. His name is Sayetic,
0: I think Sayetic
1: or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. He. I think they were probably trying to just put an interesting character into the story because I mean I I didn't mind him. I thought he was all right. I mean I liked him, but I I yeah. wasn't
1: sure if I wasn't sure if the episode told, wanted us to like him or if they were not supposed to like him because people seem to to flip flop between him like he's if you want to write the character as unlikable. He the performance is way too likable. Uh mm-hmm. the actor that they cast is too likable. If he's supposed to be likable, they wrote him very oddly to be a likable character. And I think that he's I think he's supposed to be likable because then at the end his sacrifice where he see he screams like I'm looking into the eye god or whatever he says, and then crashes into the star um would mean a little bit more than if you're you don't like that character. But I thought that he was he was just—he was just kind of odd. He was—he's a character I've never really seen before, which is this very over-the-top, full of himself guy who's also the kind of guy you wouldn't really mind hanging out with because he's self-deprecating to a point. It, it was yeah. weird.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he—I—he I, I, he also just their reaction to him, I think, again is just—it's fairly consistent for the rest of the episode, where it's just like kind of lukewarm i mean there's not really much of an opinion given it's like there's no real conflict there i mean the only the the only reason he kills himself at the end is because his wife is unhappy but like at that but even there it's like you know he does it to set her free right that's yeah yeah and (laughs) then that doesn't really do anything it doesn't help cisco and it doesn't help anybody else and it doesn't it arguably doesn't help the thing he's been working towards his entire life because he just killed himself and can't, you know, look at any of the findings or whatever. I don't right, know. Yeah. And like the people reacting to him are just like, ugh. He's real smart, but you know, sometimes he he can get on my nerves. Like I feel like I feel like my girlfriend tells me stories about people like this at her job every day. Sure. And it, <laughs> it just seems like another person that, <laughs> they, like, it, it, they just kind of like have to tolerate him for a while and then that's kind of it. And that's that the, this whole episode felt like just sort of a story that you tolerate for 40 minutes and then you go, eh, okay, well at least that's over. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I don't disagree with that. I, I thought that he's,
1: th- that character doesn't amount to anything and he takes up a tremendous amount of screen time. And I like the, so his, his wife aspect here, like if you were, if you're trying to fix this episode and you wanted to have this sci-fi angle, shouldn't the relationship with Cisco like, isn't the more interesting sci-fi aspect of this story, the fact that she's sort of subconsciously cheating on her husband, Mm -hmm. which they don't, they don't talk about that at all. Like they, they, they shoo it under the the rug by saying that she has no um, agency over what this holographic vision or whatever it is, is doing. But Cisco is basically cheating on this guy that he seems to like, his, or trying to sleep with this guy's wife. And the episode doesn't really seem to care about that. It only seems to care that Cisco's in a relationship and this guy is just going to kill himself at the end of it to free his wife from whatever horrible lifestyle he's given her. It doesn't, it doesn't, there's no conflict yeah. there that's interesting or worth going on about.
0: Yeah, especially not to the point where he, <laughs> he has to kill himself at the end. I, I don't know. It was just a, a big flat for like because all of the all of the points in it that are supposed to be like these dramatic points just don't really feel earned or anything like yep. when uh before the 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 killing himself scene where uh cisco and the and the girl are having their big thing and she's like i love you and he's like i love you too you, you've seen each other for a total of like 25 minutes in yep. real time yeah and i mean hey you never know Things are weird, but I mean, especially after you find out that she is a holographic pro- projection of somebody in a shitty marriage, maybe <laughs> you don't commit to saying that you're in love with them real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a son to think about, Cisco.
1: He does, and I, 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 I don't like. I, I think it was just a mistake from the the get go with this one, where I don't want to see this kind of relationship episode featuring Cisco. Like, I, I feel like there's. We've learned more about the Cisco character from episodes like Progress
0: and stuff than we have from this.
1: I don't, I don't learn anything about Cisco whatsoever from this episode. So I don't. He
0: doesn't. He doesn't take any action in this episode. He's just, he's just a a bystander. And I mean, we learn plenty of stuff about him from the episodes that he takes action in. But in this one, he's just sort of like passively trying to, you know, watching the situation unfold. And he really doesn't have any. Uh, agency and anything that's going on. Like even at the end, it's like he's just like, well, he's killing himself, and I guess that means you're going away. So I guess we're back to one. So at the at the very end,
1: why does why does he tell her that she, the fake version of the
0: woman was exactly like her? What, what yeah, do you I have? No idea. You have no idea. I mean, no, like I, I just, it seemed to me like that was a dramatic line to end on. Or uh, it seemed. Do you think he's lying, or do you think he's telling <clears throat> the truth? I don't know. Honestly, that line feels like it was a holdover from the original script okay. and it didn't get adjusted or something because it just felt really out of place to me cuz like he doesn't even know this woman. Right. He doesn't know either woman. Well, I I
1: think that I think it on the on what little he does know, it's definitely a lie because the version he fell in love with is nothing like this sort of browbeaten, sad woman that he's mm-hmm. talking to at that point. I don't I don't know if he thinks that telling her that is a way for her to feel better about herself like is he saying that you know i i liked the better version of you but you're kind of a terrible version of that and i don't really like you at all i guess
0: it i guess it could be a way of like telling her like reassuring her that she didn't do anything wrong or something yeah or cuz i mean the 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 projection version is clearly a little bit more um Outgoing than than she is. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a way to, yeah, reassure her that she didn't that she's not uh, like she didn't do anything when she blacked out. Let's put it that way. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I I don't think it uh it really matters. It just it caught me off guard when I was watching it. Just like why why is he lying to her at this point? I don't understand why he needs to do that because it's it's a pretty. all things considered, it's a pretty sad ending. Cisco doesn't really get what he wants. I guess he loses the girl of his dreams, or the next best thing after his wife, um, at the very end. And she walks away very depressed, with like sort of a Charlie Brown walk, where she's looking at her feet. Um, and I, I think that on a a sci-fi level, it just doesn't work because I'm not interested in the whatever projection is going on. Uh, with yeah. it. like, the, there's no there's no conflict built into that projection aspect so it doesn't really end up amounting to anything
0: yeah like she could have been trying to sabotage the mission or something or literally do anything <laughs> have amounted to something
1: yeah i think it's just a i don't know it's a, it's a very it's a it's a letdown of an episode just because of how much it feels like a, a prior uh a, a earlier season and everything like that it felt like we were, we were making progress and then you go back to this old sort of standby but I guess when you're making 26 episodes of anything that is uh, the best that could actually come out of it. Um, yeah,
0: I overall I have a problem with episodes or stories that the the mystery that you're setting up is trying to figure out like who a person is that we don't have any connection to. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's a it it feels like mystery for the sake of mystery without any weight to it you know it's like just just the fact that there's a mystery isn't enough to get you involved or engaged in the story right There needs to be you need to you need to care like even it like i, I don't care about who this woman is or why she's disappearing and right. even when i find out i still don't care <laughs>
1: <laughs> right yeah it's it's a her reveal absolutely adds yeah, up to uh to nothing else um I think that we'll we'll probably call it a day for that. We'll uh, take a break. We're going to read some patron thoughts about Second Sight, and then we'll give our own thoughts. So we'll see you in a second. I wish that I could remember Fenna, what she did, how she felt, but I can't. I'm sorry. That's all right. I can remember for both of us.
0: Tell me one thing. If I can. What was she like? Fener.
1: She was just like you. Alright, so, patron thoughts. As always, if you guys support the show on patreon.com slash file, you can leave thoughts about upcoming episodes. Uh, I've also got the link to this pinned to the top of the Twitter account for myself, so if you are looking for a link or you can't find the post, you can go there and follow it. Uh, Upcoming DS9 episodes, we're going to be talking about Second Sight. Kyle Barrett writes, Second Sight never has an episode been so incredibly bland that I have nothing to say about it, so I'll simply leave the first couple of lines of the Enterprise theme song here instead in the hopes that Wes will sing them. Well, it's been a long... (laughs) and should, I, should I try this authentically, or should I just cut and paste in the uh, the actual Rod Stewart like who's singing
0: this? It's been a I long don't know. road. How much, how much is he paying? It's been a, <laughs>
1: Kyle's one of the top patrons, so I guess I have Ooh. to try it. It's been a long road getting from there to here. Second Sight, who's up next? We have... Sorry, I should really print these things out, because I always have a hard time finding them. Neil Brennan writes... The review you had on Second Sight, which was merely a two-word review, just said Second Chef. Shit. shit sandwich. So it's <laughs> it's, it's going I think that's turning into a little bit of a running joke uh, with people with the patrons who um, don't like some of the episodes, is to, to work that uh, Spinal Tap joke into it. But yeah, it's it's well, that's definitely, a good one. Yes. <laughs> no one so far has wanted to. Uh, it, there, I'm skipping through a lot of uh, a lot of people who just don't want to say anything about Second Sight, which is something I think in and of itself. Um yeah, no one wrote anything there, no one wrote anything there. I think that's it. We only have two comments about Second Sight and no one particularly liked it. Um Clay, what's your b- b- before we go out uh, with a sort of a, an odd episode here, what's your what's your fix for this episode? Do you have do you have one thing that what's the one thing you would do to have made Second Sight actually something worth watching?
0: Um I would make the the ghost have some sort of purpose, like make her Not if not malevolent, but like, like I was saying before, like maybe she's trying to sabotage the mission or something. Like, give, 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 give a reason to find out what her deal is other than the fact that Cisco likes her.
1: Would you at this point?
0: It's just a whole episode full of people who aren't doing anything and just, Yeah. yeah, like watching stuff happen.
1: On a on a fundamental level, with where we are at the show right now, would you have if you had to choose either a Cisco relationship story or the sci-fi story, which one would you have gone with? You'd have gone with the um, sci-fi story and just kind of given that woman a bit more to do.
0: Probably, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't think you have to do either one mutually exclusively. Um, no. Yeah, I. Th- you know, I I I think I would have. I think they I think you could have made it smoother and punched up both of them at the same time. Like I think you could have done more with the the uh Cisco dealing with the anniversary of his wife's death and finding a new person that he's into stuff um and have that stuff be a little bit stronger and still have it complement the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. by punching that. So I think I think you could have I think you could have punched it up all around. I think I I personally if I had to pick one I think I probably would go with the Cisco story. Yeah. If only because the sci-fi story is pretty bland. Pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I don't know. I <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to, when they were talking about that guy's uh, experiment or something. I thought th- I was waiting for somebody to be to be like, "Yeah, this is kind of like that time they made that planet in Star Trek 2 and then w- we are told never to do it ever again."
1: Yeah, it it's based on that science, I think. It's, it's oh, actually, is it's actually it's actually a callback to the uh, the Genesis project. So apparently oh, I, I
0: was I I was I was trying to keep my ears open in case they used a uh, a name or something, but I didn't I didn't hear anything, but
1: Uh do they where do I have it here? is it written there according to uh, one of the writers say it takes terraforming technology is based upon the genesis device okay so maybe they don't say it in the episode but it is oh, a, okay, it yeah. is a callback to that um i would like
0: have... i i did like this even that guy's plan too it's like what was the purpose that was there a purpose to that other than the fact that just to show that he could do it like was there a larger purpose for jump starting a dead star
1: no, I think it was just to show that he could do it. There
0: there weren't there wasn't like a ticking time bomb or anything going yeah, on. Yeah, or I it. mean like it did not have to be a ticking time bomb, but I mean if there's like what's what's the purpose behind the experiment other than the, to to do it, you know? Like it I don't yeah. know. It, like it was just another, another thing where it's like this is just what they're doing. It doesn't really have any bearing on anything, so, you know. This is just but, how it is for this episode. It
1: it's kind of weird too. Just it feels much more like that kind of plot would happen when the with a starship that can go to different places. It feels weird yes, to bring that yeah. plot to the station in a way, mm-hmm. because you you have to assume that there's a star nearby the station, which doesn't like I, I feel like the universe around the station has to be kind of static. Like you can't have a lot of crazy stuff going on directly in that area because yeah. That makes more sense if the the ship is mobile and they can go places. So it's it's just a weird setup to go from. I would have um. It,
0: oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. And if you if you if you take if you take the ghost lady out of the out of the story, everything that they actually do in this episode, they just do it. There's no there's nothing standing in their way. Everything works very smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Except the guy ends the cam- up killing. Yeah, the kam-
1: kamikaze run at the very end. Yeah. Um, I I just. If if they're going to make this about Jennifer Cisco's ex-wife, I feel that you, and if you want to do this sort of psychic, like holographic projection or whatever it is, sh- like at least make the Cisco thing where she's kind of probing his mind as well, and he reminds her of Jennifer or something. Like you just have to you have to tie it in better so that I actually feel like Cisco yeah. is Cisco is learning something or he's having a little bit of. A little bit more of a conflict than I can't find this woman on the station, which is basically the only problem he has. it? I would I would have just had him. He needs to be reminded of his wife and things like that and maybe show that he's not ready for this kind of thing. And maybe, you know, it ends with him and Jake just sort of uh, being happy to be together. They don't do any of that.
0: Also, uh, I don't know if he deserves credit or scorn uh, for uh, even after going to dinner and seeing that this dude's wife is clearly this other woman for him to be like, you know what? I'm gonna follow this up. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, you know what, maybe, maybe this isn't the relationship for me. Maybe I'm just <laughs> gonna remove myself from this and uh, let them go about their lives.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's the. Yeah, you know, because I got the sense that Cisco liked this guy, but I guess I guess he clearly doesn't, uh, because he's he's willing to continue on with that line of thinking. Anyway. That's about it. Guys, thank you very much for listening to the show. You can uh, click all the social media links. They'll be below. You can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file to support the show. Leave thoughts about upcoming episodes and get podcasts, additional podcasts. Check out Real Ripe and Real Rotten. All that stuff. Clay, do you have anything you want to say or should we go to uh, non sequitur endings here?
0: Uh, No. I mean, I, you know, th- I w- well, I guess it kind of works into my non sequitur, but I went to the uh, Emerald City Comic Con last weekend in Seattle, Washington, and it was very fun and sold some red lines and people respond to it very well. I have another book coming out on Friday that I'm gonna plug. It's called mm-hmm. Poser. Mm-hmm. It comes out from Waxwork Comics. They do uh every issue comes with a seven inch vinyl album of original music that they recorded to go with it they're primarily a record company and it's sure. a uh slasher horror thing not really sci-fi so it might not be for this crowd but hey maybe it is i don't know huh, and you can guess. you can find it at uh dot cool
1: check that out so i guess for my non-sacuru we'll go out with um did you
0: watch the oscars i didn't i was uh you're traveling right f- yeah i was more or less flying home when that when the oscars were on
1: i didn't watch i didn't watch them either Dead. Which of the Best Picture nominees did you watch? Any of them?
0: Uh, I saw Get Out, and I saw Three Billboards, and I think that might have been it. There might have been another one I saw, but I can't remember. Did you see Dunkirk? I did see Dunkirk, yes. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've, I've only seen Get Out, Lady Bird, and
1: Shape of Water. Um, how, if, you were, if you were an Academy member, how would you vote for Best Picture? What would be your criteria?
0: Um, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a tough call. Uh, I think I, I'm kind of fascinated by the expanded best picture where they do like five, is it like
1: 10 or something? It's it's 10 now. Yeah. Because I,
0: yeah, I feel like if you look at that 10, I guess it makes the outcome a little bit more suspect or not suspect, but, um, it's a little bit harder to, to, to guess, I guess. Yeah. But uh, some of them are... I feel there's only five contenders anyway every single year. I guess that's what I'm getting to. Like, I loved Get Out. I don't know if I would go so far as to say it was best picture worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say it was any less of a movie or anything. It's just it doesn't feel like that kind of movie. You know, there's a certain... I don't know. There's a certain kind of... Uh, I hate to use the word gravitas, but I feel like you can you can tell it when you see it, and, and yep. that one that one didn't have it for me. Like Dunkirk, I could see, but that's a little bit kind of cliche. Um, three billboards feels like it's right in the pocket of the thing that they go for. Um, I haven't seen Shape of Water yet, but I do have that did surprise me quite a bit actually. <laughs> that that, <laughs> that one, that, that it won. yeah, based solely on the content, I guess. Yeah, yeah, grinding Nemo is the Twitter yeah. joke. Is, um, <laughs> I heard it's really good though.
1: It's good. A I I I would have I, I posted it on Twitter. I would have ranked them get out, I would have given the winner. Uh, then it would have been Shape mm. of Water, then Ladybird out of the three That's that true. I've seen. Um I I think that the the older I get, the more and It might be something worth doing on like a Patreon podcast to go through the previous, like from 1990, look at all the Best Picture winners and say like
0: what, whether or not that holds up the decision. Because as long as we can skip Crash, because I hate <laughs> that movie, well, that, I will never watch that big movie one. again.
1: Me and Amy were just talking about how um, Crash is the only one that sticks out in my mind. as I was when I was happening, it was like, I can't believe Crash won. Like I. I'd seen Crash before the Oscars, and I was like, there's no way Crash is going to win. That is a terrible movie. Oh, it was so bad. And then it wins, so that's something to Scientology. But I think that the, the, <laughs> lo- the longer I look at this stuff, the, the more I feel like best picture... It's not that a movie has to do well at the box office. But right. to to do well at the box office and be a great movie is a very difficult thing to do. It's more difficult than be either very good or do very well at the box office. Yeah. And Get Out is that way. And I, I still feel that out of all the movies that I've watched of the best picture ones from this year, the only one that I'd ever really want to watch again is Get Out. Okay. So I I feel that maybe they're not... And that breaks it away from the little bit of the gravitas version of what I'm looking for in a winner. But I I feel that I feel you do have to kind of look forward into the future and say, like, in five years, are we going to be talking about The Shape of Water? You know, like, Mm. and I don't think you will be. Shape of Water was good, but it's it's a very well-made film that I've kind of seen before on some level.
0: Well, having having not seen it, um, the reason that it surprised me that it won was kind of, cuz is that I kind of would put it in the same category again having not seen it but just what I my impression of it is uh, I would put it in the same category that I put in Get Out in which is it a really good genre movie yeah and those and you can see people backtracking that stuff already after Shape of Water has won because they're trying to distance it from being a monster movie basically um and I feel like there even as much as i might choose something like that generally those type of movies don't get the the uh the shake from the academy yeah. so like get out is a really great genre movie and i feel like very rarely do movies like that end up winning best picture or frankly even being nominated and yeah. when they do when they do it seems to be the ones that are, are the higher higher end prestige versions like your silence of the lambs or something like that where it's like there's clearly It's clearly some uh, heavy backing to it, where Get Out was, you know, a a tiny independent movie, more or less.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would have given Shape of Water. uh, Del Toro would win Best Director out of the ones that I saw. I wouldn't change that. um,
0: I'm really interested to see that movie now because I think I uh, most of the movies he's made have been like fifty. I would give fifty percent to seventy five percent for me. Because yep. I feel like he's never had a good script. Uh, he's an amazing visual director, but I feel like his scripts are usually pretty bad. Um, like I didn't see Crimson Peak, but I heard that wasn't that great. Uh, yep. I I really enjoyed Pacific Rim, but anytime somebody opened their mouth in that movie, it was like cringe cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, his best movie still Blade Two. Um, like even Pan's Labyrinth, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I I have to see it again, but it it didn't really do much for me at the time. Um, but I'm, I think I'm glad that he won. I'm glad that that kind of movie won. And again, I haven't seen it, but, uh, someday I think he's going to get a really great script and make a really fucking awesome movie.
1: Yeah. Shape of Water is a competent script that doesn't, um, it doesn't make mistakes, but I also think it's very um, obvious on some level. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the opposite of Get Out, which Get Out was something that I I had never seen that perspective before. Yeah, d- done yeah. that way. And I feel like Shape of Water is a perspective that I've seen before, but they just told it in a different way, sort of. So, um, not not that it's bad or anything like that, but that would have been my own personal rating. Then Lady Bird, I didn't like it at all. So people can ignore Lady Bird. Uh, although huh. people people I, seem to, yeah, people, people seem, to, people like seem to like that one. Yeah. yeah, I I think I'm ten years. I think in my mid to late twenties, I would have loved the Lady Bird. Um, Yeah, okay. I think I'm. I think it's a story that just doesn't really resonate with me anymore mm-hmm. at this
0: point. Mm-hmm. Well, All that's right. a good lead into the next thing we're gonna do when we're done with this podcast. Yes,
1: later. absolutely. So, guys, check out E.T. Real Ripe and Real Rotten. It will be coming out soon. But otherwise, thank you very much for listening,
0: and we will see you next time.